Hey everyone, welcome to the Travis Stork Show. I'm Dr. Travis Stork, your host, and today's episode is a little different than usual. Uh, maybe a little shorter, but also just sharing some personal experiences from my life and Paris's life as we get close to delivering baby Grace, or I should say she gets close. Paris has been such a trooper throughout all of this, the uncertainty of delivering during this pandemic. Um, also yesterday at her OB appointment, she found out that he, uh, baby Grayson is already probably seven pounds, if not bigger. And she's, uh, at 36 weeks and she's had a lot of pain secondary to that guy is, uh, he's a fighter in there and kicking her all the time. And, and I can tell he's hurting her because of what he's doing to her pelvis too. And I shouldn't laugh, but I, 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 I know she's having trouble sleeping tonight. She was even going to do this intro with me, but she is just so exhausted. I told her to to try to take a little nap because I've I've seen I have so much respect for all of you moms out there and what you go through to bring us babies into the world. So, mom, if you're listening, thank you. And uh, I suggest everyone out there call their mom up and say thank you <laughs> for. Uh, what they've what they've gone through, but certainly delivering now during this pandemic creates unique challenges. And I'd like to sit here and say that I'm super excited, but the truth is, I think there's just more trepidation than excitement because there's so many uncertainties. We still don't know what the policy is going to be at the hospital, so it's more like let's get through this and get through it safely, as opposed to gosh, this is such an exciting time to be having a baby. So we're excited about the future while remaining cautious in the short term and hoping that when we go to the hospital that there isn't a huge outbreak there, that that neither of us have temperatures or um, have a positive COVID test where we can't see the baby if he's born or we have to be isolated or I can't go in the, the hospital room. And so these are all the things that you're thinking about. Um, and that's been scary, but maybe most of all, the the uncertainty of this time that we've all been in um, is sort of uh, accentuated when um, you're bringing a little human into the world. And so we're really excited. A lot of questions along the way. And shortly from now, you're going to hear a podcast with me and Emily Oster, who has written some wonderful books about being pregnant and raising children. But this particular episode is part of a virtual baby shower that we did. And we did that because obviously we couldn't have a baby shower during a pandemic. And um, during that virtual baby shower, Paris and I played some games. We may air some of that later. But also our first guest was Jen Saxton from Tot Squad. Jen is a fellow uh, Duke University grad, and she has come on the doctors numerous times talking about child safety, new baby safety, and she has helped us out a ton, even showing us via FaceTime how to correctly install our child's um, car seat. So uh, this is us interviewing her or talking to her as part of our virtual baby shower. So Jen, you never told me how gosh darn many things you had to put together to prepare for a baby. It's a lot. It's a lot. No one told me. My tools are literally running out of steam. You correct me if I'm wrong. 
but it seems like there are certain items that you cannot skip on. No. And that's the thing though. It's hard. Paris and I keep looking at each other at all of these, these wonderful things that, that you helped set up for us because they were important to have, but I still look at her and ask, well, will we ever use this? Is this really important? The car seat, learning how to put your car seat in appropriately seems intuitive, but it is not. Yeah, there was a study out of a hospital in Seattle, I believe, a few years ago, um, and they checked the car seats of every new family leaving the hospital with their brand new baby, and 95% of them had an error in their car seat. So it's not intuitive at all. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, I joke, even the Stanford dads get it wrong. All right, so putting you on the spot, you know, as we're looking at all this stuff and putting it together, what are the three most important things not to get wrong. We'll say car seats, number one, and whether there's three others or four others, what, what are the other ones you just can't mess up? Yeah, I, I think you can't mess up um, on getting the right breastfeeding supplies. So having the right breast pump with the right accessories that fit your body, because it can be such a painful experience. So making sure you have kind of the whole suite of things And then I think the last thing is like, as new parents, you're going to be so sleep deprived. So anything you can do to get your baby to sleep a little bit longer is clutch. We used a product called the Snoo Bassinet, which is like this smart bassinet. It's kind of like- I literally just, I literally just put it together. It is, uh, it is ready to go. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's, and it's really beautiful as well. I, I can't lie. A lot of confusion for me, Jen. I need some help. What stroller and when to use it? You know, I'm I'm pretty set in terms of you know, using something like the Bob if I want to go out for a jog. But I'm telling you, I did pretty well on my med school entrance exam. I did pretty well on my boards. But if you gave me a stroller exam right now, I'm not kidding. I would fail. I'm I'm really struggling. He has stroller confusion. It's overwhelming. But it but do you do you focus on one early on and then you transition them, or is it really more of a I mean, if you're if you're lucky enough to have the a couple of different options, do you really like is one for on quick trips or help help me out here? Yeah, so I think people are always asking me what is my favorite stroller or like what is the best stroller, and of course, as as a total stroller nerd who's worked in the stroller industry for a decade, it's really hard for me to pick. But I think that's because there is no one right answer. I think there's like a best stroller for each situation. And if you're lucky enough to have multiple choices, um, you're able to have multiple strollers. I have a couple of customers who have like 11 strollers. It's like hilarious. 11? 11. People will turn into stroller geeks and they like collect them and they try them out for all of these different scenarios. So the other question is, especially if, look, if you have a couple of strollers or two or three, one, four, 11. Also, where do you keep them all? I'm I'm trying to figure you out need a house for the my office right now has all of the strollers in it. It's pretty funny because I every time I get out of my office chair, I'm literally doing a maze through strollers. The door outside the office is really close to the door out front, mm-hmm. so that way it's not like right there in the hallway. But is that what people do? They just throw them in a in a room close to the entrance. You know, we, uh, we've had a location in New York for a long time. Those poor New Yorkers, they've come up with like behind the door storage hooks and different ways, but you have to remember Travis, they all fold so you can collapse them if you want them to take up less space. How about the backpacks? Mm-hmm. A buddy, a buddy of mine got me a backpack from REI and it's one of the really good ones, but I, I don't, what, at what age can, can I hide Grayson and that guy? 
but it's really based on head control and the ability. I mean, especially if you have the baby on your back, you can't really see what he's doing very well. So you want to like feel really secure, but you can baby wear and wear the baby in a carrier. So um, most people will start with a inward facing carrier. Um, when the baby is really small, you'll have them facing you. But I think that it's definitely a bit older before you're actually like putting them on your back and, and you know hiking through the forest with them. I wanted to ask you, as well as Paris, and I wanted to ask you about how in your line of work, how things have changed for some of your new parents with COVID. I've seen one of the things people are doing in Nashville is it's essentially happy hour on the streets. Mm-hmm. So everyone's socially distancing, but walking up and down with their dogs and their and, and where we live, we moved here because there are so many families with it's young children. Central. And I can't tell you how many guys I've seen with the little baby yeah. carriers. And then they've got their you know, their cocktail in one hand, the baby carrier here, and we're just walking down the street and it's literally like a baby convention. <laughs> That's hilarious. I'm not seeing that here in Los Angeles, but maybe our uh, our state government has slightly stricter rules about going outside of your home. Um, but I, I once was interviewed by um, Today.com about John Stamos wearing his new baby. I think the the baby's one or two years old by now. Um, And I kind of made this offhand comment to the reporter, like, like, is there anything sexier than John Stamos wearing a baby? And then she totally put that in the article. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm telling you, Paris, the first time you see your husband like wearing the baby, it is like, it's next level how like sexy it is to just, just think of your husband in that protective way, like cuddling your baby. Well, that and you're not holding the baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's a short break for you. What I'm getting at is I think that's at the top of our minds as well as so many others. Obviously, I'm more aware of what's going on at hospitals, but at the same time, I'm sure everyone has questions about anything they should do differently in terms of, especially once you get the baby home. Well, I think for us in my business, right, Tot Squad connects new parents with all of the specialists and experts that they need. Um, So services like sleep and lactation consulting, night nurses, doulas, baby proofers, car seat installers, you name it, from pregnancy and preconception all the way to the playground, um, helping connect parents to those services. And as you can imagine, a lot of those services have had to figure out how to come online in a virtual environment over the last few months which is great because it means that more families can have access to help, which is really important when your grandparents can't fly in and come stay for six weeks, um, knowing that most grandparents are kind of in that higher at-risk group of uh, the over 65s. And so being able to turn to a virtual network of support um, experts, because it's, it's terrifying to be a first-time new parent. You're like asking all these questions like, is this a normal amount of spit up? Um, is this color of poop okay? Right? You have a thousand questions you don't know the answer to. And so that's really how we've been adapting is by helping parents get experts um, to help them over video chat when they don't have the, the rest of their family there with them. It's pretty easy to do virtually because you connected us with a virtual doula who we love. She's amazing. And it really, it still feels very personal. And then also the car seat check. 
it's it's amazing everything that you can do virtually right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um it's definitely an adjustment, and I think for some things like lactation consulting, there are some questions that you can get answered over the phone relatively quickly, and there are other things where it's like you really need that lactation consultant to like put that baby on your boob. <laughs> and, and so I think people are eager to be able to get back to in person services as well. But and this is why we're having the conversation with Jen because I can't. What baby is gonna fit? Well, that's the thing is I you think this is all user-friendly but the truth is I have, to, I have to do a little more research here so travis we do offer a virtual consultation with a baby wearing expert so i will have to connect you with them so we can show you how to do that properly join us now are Lori, jody and carrie better known as the caden sisters from belly bandit they've really made it their mission to optimize the experience of, of being pregnant and post-pregnancy for moms and appreciate y'all being with us. Hi, Paris. Hi, Travis. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Carrie is the youngest Caden sister. Hi, everyone. Jen Jen was giving us some of the uh, updates in terms of sort of the modified world of COVID and how parents are having to, to pivot and adjust and, and how virtual help can be probably more beneficial than ever. Oh. I know it's helped us. And I mean, I can't even imagine doing this right now with no one able to come in person <laughs> to show me how to put a car seat in. This is my first ever baby shower. Mm-hmm. Wow. This, this is all, I'm considering all of this kind of quasi virtual baby shower. Well, baby showers Never. are you. Well, right. I've never been to one. I've never been a yeah. part of one. I'm not even sure what it's supposed to be. You've never even attended one? No. I mean, why would you? Yeah. So what are you all doing? We were just talking to Jen about some of the stuff that she's been doing to adjust to COVID. And I imagine that's impacting you guys in a big way as well. For us being new parents right now, the added pressure of being in a pandemic is, even for me being an ER doctor, it it has added a a sense or a loss of control um, because you can't really do the things you would normally do. And, and this is a true story. Paris's in-person OB visits have pretty much been canceled for the most part. So luckily I even have an ultrasound at home. So I'm, you know, I'm doing things like that, which most people can't do. Right. But how are you guys pivoting in terms of, because probably I'm assuming that like us, most new parents or new parents to be there's an extra level of stress right now and and you know even with us trying to figure out what are the products we need to optimize her pregnancy experience and then once we actually have the baby but now put on top of that this pandemic what's the biggest shift that you all have made or you've noticed that your customers are making i think that women are so accustomed as you get up until, oh my God, we have a month left. We have four weeks. We have three weeks. We have two weeks. You're in go, go, go mode. What do I need so that I can go home and stay at home for four to six to eight weeks after you deliver? And now you can't run to Bye Bye Baby. You can't run to Target. You're not leaving the house. So what I think we see is a lot of people going in and buying necessities and things that are really, really needed for delivery and right after delivery. You know, how much is there in terms of resources that can, where these sources information can be trusted and where, who all of you leaned on as new mothers 
or soon to be mothers for your, for your advice and information where that gap is. Because again, the gap, and I spent, I spent a month and a half of med school delivering babies on the OB service and a month of my residency in emergency medicine on the OB ward. So I spent a lot of time delivering babies and doing all the things that you're supposed to do in the hospital. Very little time was spent talking about, okay, once this is all said and done, if everything goes well, and and I, to this day, I cannot sit here, despite my last name being Stork, Dr. Stork, the Stork is supposed to deliver, but I can't tell Paris what she's supposed to be doing because I never learned it during any of my training. I never learned the- Which is crazy. Well, but I'm not an OB. No, I know, but like they- delivering babies, but that postpartum recovery isn't part of that training. So for new moms, what are, what are some trusted sources of information? Because again, there are a lot of claims and there are a lot of products, but you know, some of them, we all know this, some of them do probably more harm than good. They don't tell you anything. They, they give you a bag of samples in the hospital and they send you home. And I think like for the first couple of days, it's super nice because you are in bed. They are waiting on you hand and foot they take the baby, they take them into the nursery. And so you don't really get a a feel for what you're headed home for. I think you lean on friends a lot. Um, You lean on parents a lot. Emily Oster's books are like the best. I think it's a great example. I'm glad you brought her up using science and actually breaking down what we know to be good versus not good. And yet I'm still not convinced that a lot of new moms really know um, and there's so much there. There's also, I think, observing it even from afar, there's so much guilt associated with the whole process and whether or not you're doing things perfectly, particularly for new mothers. I mean, we're lucky that we live in, in such an informational age where literally every two seconds I would grab my phone and Google it. Millennials don't tend to live near their families or with their families the way prior generations did, right? 40, 50 years ago, you probably lived in the home with your mom and your grandma when you brought your baby home. And so you had like three generations there working together to show you how to breastfeed. And you could just hand off your baby back then, right? Seriously. Here, Here, Um, Granny, raise her. Exactly. So now you don't have those those resources available anymore. I I think it's just a really stressful time. There is a lot of, there are a lot of resources, what to believe or not to believe is, can be difficult at times. I love the thought of, of using Emily Oster as a resource with her books, but also babies are for the most part resilient. And I think there's this huge fear that you, you know, that uh, I've seen new parents being on, on the side of the, the pediatrician in the hospital, because I've done, you know, in the ER, 30 some percent of your patients are kids. And parents are so afraid that they're going to break their kid. Well, that, there's, that's true to a, an extent, Travis. But what we're seeing right now during coronavirus, um, the New York Times actually just covered this recently, is a rise in pediatric injuries. While you have parents trying to work from home and be the primary um, child care. Yeah, you can't do both. And so kids are uh, a bit less supervised than they normally would be in the home. And that's leading to an increase in injuries. So I, I was speaking about it. I, I hope... Our newborn baby isn't out creating trouble. Because <laughs> if you're telling me that my one-week-old baby can get out of that <laughs> and start, say, honey, he's drinking vodka. Where did he find the vodka? <laughs> no, it's, 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 you know, you probably have four or five months. But I think the reality is if you can do baby-proofing and prepare your home while you're expecting, 
it's a lot easier than when you're like, oh my gosh, the baby just crawled for the first time and we haven't put any outlet covers up all over the house. We haven't put up the stair gates. Like then it starts to feel like a real urgent emergency. Good point. There are so many things you don't think about. Like I'm looking around and our house is a death trap right now. Oh, but we know. And and I have to credit all of you for this. She says that. And yet the truth is we are as prepared as anyone I've ever seen because- She has taken all that advice. She is laid awake at night thinking about every possible thing. We have all the baby proofing either set up or, or we're in the process. So, and I thank all of you for helping um, in that process, but I'm going to put all of you on the spot and and we can go down the line here, but best tip that you can give us as new parents and whether it's, you know, more from sort of the, the angle of being a parent yourself or, your experiences in the business, because that's ultimately what, as a new parent, you thirst for. You thirst for tips based on other people's experiences that you can learn from them. We should also have the cadence when they do theirs, go through like Jen did their top three um, things that are must haves for new parents. Like if you can only, if, if three that's are all part of you splurge on. Yeah. We're going to do that right Perfect. now. Let's, fu- let's, let's fire let's it up. It. So best, Best advice, and then each of the Cadens also can name their like the most important thing not to mess up. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I have one word. It starts with an N and ends with a Y. <laughs> Nanny. We're all working moms, so no, it's it's childcare is everything as we're seeing right now. Something that's super important is to have your family and friends around and allow them to help you because I know that. When Lori had a baby and when Carrie had a baby, we were all there. We helped her through everything. And, you know, we let her recover while we took care of the baby. So she didn't have so many worries. So you all are welcome to come to Nashville anytime. (laughs) I would say trust your instincts. Um, I think that's really important. You'll go back and forth in your head. Is this right? Is this wrong? Just trust your instincts and go for it. Um, Travis, if you can help her recover, let her sleep as much as she needs to so she can feel whole and then, you know, play her part as the new mom. Because I think the lack of sleep, in my opinion, can play into postpartum depression. Among a million other things, sleep is so important. You know you go crazy if you haven't had sleep in a day. Imagine not sleeping well for, you know, months and then having birth. And just be prepared for sick days. When the baby gets sick, and he will, it's okay. He needs to go through and build his immune system. It's not the end of the world. My tip would be hand-me-downs. Um, there's so many baby products that you really do use for such a short period of time that if you have friends and family that you can kind of trade things around with, um, then you don't have to take up all that space in your garage for everything that you use for a super short window. Um, but the one thing you never want to get as a hand-me-down is a car seat. Um, just because you don't know its history, you don't ever want to reuse a car seat after it's been in an accident or had a recall. Um, so just making sure that uh, with car seats, maybe a hand-me-down from a sister or someone who you know really well and trust, but but no secondhand car seats. So are we doing products next? Yeah, if there's if it. there's something like indispensable that you even if it's just it can be for mom or for or yeah, yeah or, it can or be for mom or for baby for dad whatever. If yeah. there's just like something that that you. Um, we were talking to Jen about something you don't want to mess up, if you will. We, we were talking about how, for instance, with car seats, you don't want to screw that up. Yeah. <laughs> or Splurges that are worth it. Yeah, splurges, splurges that are worth it that, that aren't potential, potentially harmful 
if you will? So I have a few. For me, it was a noisemaker at night. And it's not expensive because one of our big things was we don't want it to be super quiet for Riley to fall asleep. We want him to acclimate to sounds. And that was a big thing. So no matter where he is, it doesn't matter. He'll fall asleep now. Um, a really easy stroller that you can pop up and pop down, which I never found. So I don't have a good recommendation for that. I'm, I'm sure Jen knows. Yeah, they have the Duna, which is the absolute best one because it's a car seat that converts to a stroller with the push of a button. Yeah, I just I just showed them how to install the base in their car a couple of days ago. So they're ready to go on that. This, this, yeah, that guy is, is convenient. Again, just going off of what we do and what we know, a great belly wrap after you give birth. It gives you really great back support. It helps to pull together your abdominal muscles, and so I would say get something that stabilizes your core and helps, helps to assist in your daily activities. When do you recommend starting to use compression? Well, we always say talk to your doctor, which is right next to you. For so purposes you of this, I am her husband. I give her advice. <laughs> but, he doesn't know anything. But I'm not, like I'm not trying to replace yeah. her OB, that's for sure. Yeah, but Jody, even, even talk, talk about the diastasis recti and then the um, relapsin. I think that... They could both relate to those. That's family. a that's a great point, and yeah, go, go ahead if you if you want, Jerry. The relaxin lives in your body for a limited period of time after you give birth, and it's really great because it allows your muscles to relax so that the baby can come out the birth canal. But it gives you this um, this period of time after you give birth to pull together your ligaments and muscles and. Um, a lot of people get what's called diastasis recti, where their muscles separate and stay that way. And wearing our belly bandit wraps helps to pull the muscles back together. And so that's one really important thing that it does. Can I ask really quickly, just because I think there is always a balance, you know, you don't want to ever become too dependent on an external device, because if you're not using those, engaging that core, is there a balance that you all found works best? So they say, um, the doctors say, for you know, a period of time after you give birth, not to work out. So we recommend for six to eight weeks postpartum to wear a belly wrap as much as you can. Just like everybody's always waiting on that six week visit postpartum to get cleared to have sex again. Maybe that's a whole different show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's the same thing, right? You can't have sex, you can't work out, you can't really do anything with those muscles while you're healing. Because I mean, the reality is people don't realize when you pass the placenta after the baby, it's the size of like a pancake or like a paper plate. It's huge. And that is the size of the wound that has to heal inside your body. That's why you're bleeding so much. I, I want to make something very clear just because I am a, a doctor. I was not at all implying working out. It's more so we have a lot of stories in medicine where people become so dependent on compression that they literally lose. Because when you're standing up, you're using your core. When you're doing anything in life, you're using your core. And if you don't use your core for too long of a period of a time, you you will decompensate unequivocally. And I've seen it time and time again, and people develop severe long-term complications. So it sounds to me like you all are saying, for the most part, six to eight weeks, that compression is really benefiting. After that, as needed, allow your core to slowly, again, through activities of daily living, Reacclimate, re and then when the time is right, you can formally re-engage those core muscles. 
Yeah, and it's really important also, you know, women in France, after they deliver, they actually give a, get a year of pelvic floor physical therapy, but, but making sure that you're engaging those muscles as well, because it's like the pelvic floor is the base of your core and you want to re-strengthen those muscles. I had a C-section. I didn't even deliver vaginally, but I still needed to make sure that my pelvic floor was healed after pregnancy because there's so much pressure on it. After you deliver, you're going to feel like blubbery kind of, and wrapping yourself up. And I'm going to use a C-section as an example. It's kind of like if you slice your finger, right? And it's throbbing and you put a tight bandaid around there. It stops the throbbing. It accelerates the healing. So you don't bang it open again. And you're actually more mobile. And that's exactly what our belly wraps help do. I think one thing we didn't really touch on yet, Paris, that I wanted to bring up um, was just about the hormone fluctuations that you're going through postpartum. I know Jody brought up the relaxin is leaving your system. Breastfeeding releases a lot of oxytocin. And for me, I breastfed my daughter for 16 months. I just stopped breastfeeding about three months ago. And I was not prepared for kind of, uh, people talk about postpartum anxiety and depression. And I just imagine that was all within the, you know, six to eight weeks right after you deliver. And for me, I definitely noticed a major hormonal shift when I stopped breastfeeding. So I think a lot of women stop breastfeeding at different points throughout the first year or two of their child's life. And you should be prepared for the psychological impacts that that hormonal shift might have for you and just the roller coaster that you're going to go on as a new mom and make sure that you're reaching out for support if you do have it, I believe the statistics show 15% of women suffer from postpartum anxiety and depression. Um, and so there's a ton of maternal mental health experts. I genuinely, I appreciate all that you all have done. And um, us prepare to be parents. And, and I think that it also highlights just a, a, a big need out there for advice that goes beyond the delivery room. And, um, and, and I'm excited also to share our experiences once we've been through this process, because right now we're the naive couple waiting. And then, you know, once we're on the other side, hopefully we'll be able to offer the same advice that you all are offering us right now. So I, I can't thank all of you enough. Um, and, and I would just say, keep up the great work. Yeah. Good luck with your delivery, Paris. Thank you. Congratulations, guys. Congratulations. Be well. As a tribute to this first ever baby shower I've attended and ha having to be a virtual baby shower, um, do people play games? Yes. And Paris picked this one out. We don't know each other's answers, but it is a game of dad said, mom said. I think these all match up. Yeah? Yeah. All right, you, you go through it. Okay. I will have more cups of coffee in a day. I said you. 100% me. I love, coffee more than, coffee. I love coffee. You drink a lot of coffee. And coffee for most of us is good. I am more patient. I said me. I said you. <laughs> I will make the baby bottle faster. I said me. I said you. I'll be the one helping with homework. I said you. I said me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hear the baby cry first. I said me. I said you. <laughs> I will be the one eating the baby's leftover food. I said me. I said me. <laughs> I eat a lot right now. Right, but once the baby's born, you're not going to be eating it. Uh, like you get to eat more. It's this is a this is truly shocking to nobody out there who's ever had a child. But you eat a lot. I eat a lot of food when I'm being really active. Good healthy food. Everyone knows we, for the most part, healthy food. But 
for the first time in my life, if I'm preparing dinner, I actually have to make equal portions because usually I count on having half of hers. It's been a bit of a unique challenge to make dinner now because I, no, I never know. Yours. I never know how much you want. But um, do you want to tell everyone about your cookie problem? Oh, yeah. I, I normally actually don't like sweets. It's not that I'm a super healthy eater. I'm worse than him. I normally... You're a healthy eater, I am. but I like pizza. But you though. like savory I like, I things. I love fried food. But love but you food. never. She never sweets likes me. sweets. And all I do is think about cookies. It's all I do right now is think about cookies. And when when I had I, five yesterday. And you're thinking about them right now. I love. You love cookies. I am more likely to be late. I mean, that's me. I will spend more money on the baby. Definitely me. I said me. Rip, I, you do. You like the gear. You like the outdoor. Oh, gear. yeah. This, yeah. Um, I take longer to get ready. I said me. Yeah. I said you. That was that was not a tough one. <laughs> I'll change more of the diapers. I said me. I have to concur. You're I pick. I pick up more of Charlie's. You you you'll be better with Chuck. Yeah. Well, I am good with her. You're good with Chuck. I pick up her poop every day. I will be the disciplinarian. I said you. I said me. You don't see yourself being the disciplinarian? I mean, look at me with the dog. Yeah. She has me wrapped around her finger, and she's a dog. This was, this is, we're in our baby's room. We've just put it together, and um, not even kidding. We were going to set some ground rules for the dog <laughs> because she tends to just take over the whole house. Within literally 15 minutes of us putting this, this room together, Charlie comes in and just takes it over. And it's all hers now. So, but, but yeah. I'm the disciplinarian with the dog. I think I will be with Grace as well. All right, let's do one more. I will be the one to sing lullabies to the baby. I said both, optimistically. I did polish off the, uh, get the dust off the guitar. So. That's good. We, we, You're um, gonna learn more than, more than one song. I think if I play the guitar, you sing though. But hey, the, the thing that I will say that I feel very blessed about when it comes to our marriage and where I hope we are good as parents is that I feel like we're pretty good at compromising. We are. You, so, you more so than me. I think no, you're, no, you're good. You're good. We're good communicators. You're good communicators. Well, yeah, we are good communicators. I'm a very good communicator. Yeah. <laughs> probably, probably more than you'd like. You know, I, honey, we don't get to spend a lot of time together um, because we we're now. in the same house 24. I was kidding. Mm. Honey, we haven't left each other's side. No. <laughs> we, we, we communicate a lot. Which makes it all the more fun that we're doing a virtual baby shower with just the two of us <laughs> and Charlie. Did you have fun? I had fun. This was a good one. It's. I think it was good. If I may, I think you're kind of ready, right? I'm ready. You're, yeah, you're ready. I'm ready for the next step, and I'm ready to have a Mertz side for sure. <laughs> for sure. Hey everyone, I know today's episode was a bit of a hodgepodge, really a sneak peek into. Our thoughts, our concerns as, as soon-to-be parents, but as we close this episode out um, and I'm looking over at my wife who's not slept well in weeks and weeks and I know she's in a lot of pain, I just want to say thank you for all that you've been through and the focus and fortitude that you've shown and honestly, Paris single-handedly when they say new mother's nest, she has done exactly that. And she's created such a, um, a perfect 
home for baby Grayson when he when he does hopefully get out of the hospital and I can't wait to see her as a new mom because I know she's going to be a great one and uh, I, I dedicate this to her she is a uh, going to be a phenomenal mom and I can't wait to watch her and baby Grayson because something tells me that they're going to have a special connection and I'm going to be jealous of it <laughs> And I'll be so very happy to see him enter this world and enter our lives. And whatever happens, uh, just hoping we can be good parents. But thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. Do not forget to subscribe and download and tell your friends. I would love to build this community and continue to be all about authenticity, optimism, and hope. Uh, Looking forward to the next podcast. We'll see you soon. The Travis Stork Show podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professional.